who's got internet that's never lagging? Whose groceries do their own bagging? Who's got hair worth extra bragging? With pants that aren't too sagging? They only put up with a little nagging. Who's hotter than a fire-breathing dragon? Jack Wagon. Welcome back, you bunch of Jack Wagons. It is time for another episode of the Jack Wagon Sports Podcast. As always, this is George. And this is Nick. Uh, we got a lot to get to today. We had an, uh, a very, very exciting weekend all around in sports. Uh, starting it off, we're going to talk about the Formula One finale uh, in Abu Dhabi. Probably one of the most, more, not most, more controversial races uh, in recent memory. I mean, I thought the race two weeks ago now in uh, Saudi Arabia was, was bad. Um, so, it, I mean, it started on lap one. Uh Max did not get away very well. Lewis did, um, was leading. They go into turn six, and normally what happens is, you know, a, a car just throws himself, you know, you know, late break, just throws himself into the corner, tries to get in there first, um, and either door slams the other car or just completely misses the turn. So they go into turn six, and Max sent it, but what happened was Lewis left room for him. Like, he didn't completely shut the door. And, I mean, it was smart on his part because if he would have, Max probably would have ran right through the back of him. <laughs> so, but they go into the apex of the turn then. And, you know, Max late breaks, so he overshoots the apex just a hair. But he keeps it, you know, within the track limits. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't necessarily run Lewis completely off the track. Um, but what Lewis does is he just cuts the corner then. Which, okay, fine, you know, you didn't want to cause a collision, that's fine. But he didn't slow down at all. Like, he literally just, like, gunned it across, the, and he completely cuts turn seven, because it's a quick left-right. So it's, it's mm-hmm. a hair, or not a hairpin, but a sharp 90-degree left into a, a sharp 90-degree right, and then they go down a straightaway. So Lewis just completely cut turn seven. Like, missed that next right turn. And didn't slow down at all. He just gunned it. He's like, alright, whatever, goodbye. And I think he, by that point, he was like a second, like 1.2 seconds ahead. And it's like, oh, what the hell? So Red Bull <laughs> starts protesting. They're like, what the hell? And so, you know, it goes to review for the stores. And the stores are like, no, we're not reviewing this. Because <laughs> they said he, he gave back his advantage. And everybody's like, no, he didn't. And so he, and then from there, he just kept pulling away, you know. And everybody after a while was like, oh, well, it doesn't even matter. He's so much better. It's like, okay. Yeah, he's faster. But also... I don't think you understand racing. If yeah. if Max would have passed in there, he could have easily held up Lewis. I mean, yeah, uh, Lewis probably would have ended up getting back past him regardless. But everybody's like, oh, you know, he's so much further ahead now. It's like, oh, okay. But anyway. Yeah, it's a matter of principle at that point. Yeah, exactly. Um, So the rest of the race goes on. Like I said, uh, Lewis just pulls away. They all make their first stops. Uh, Max's teammate... Sergio Perez, Checo, stays out uh, on the old tires. And, I mean, this is all strategy. Lewis catches him eventually. And the battle they had for the lead, and it, it was just to basically slow Lewis up to let Max get in range to try and make it a little bit more competitive. But the battle those two had was just so fun to watch. It was so clean. You know, I don't think they touched once. I know why well, I know they didn't touch once, but just watching the, the mind games... Checo played with Lewis. Uh, Lewis passed him with DRS and like cleared him 
Like, he was a full car length ahead. And out of nowhere, Checo comes flying back, goes right up the inside. And they just went back and forth for about a lap and a half. Um, finally, Lewis got head, stayed ahead. And then Max was right there, though. He was in DRS range. So he kept it close for a little while. But again, Lewis just started pulling away. Lewis had the car to beat on, on Sunday. Um, then a VSC, a virtual safety car, comes out. And Max pits. Now, with a virtual safety car, as compared to a regular safety car, they don't bunch up the field. You just have to reduce your speed um, and just drive around. I think it's 40% throttle, basically. You just got to drive around at that pace. So Max stops. He, I think he's about five seconds behind at that point. He comes out. He's about 20 seconds behind. Race goes back green. He starts gaining a little bit, but, but not really that much. Uh, then the real controversy comes. It was about, I think, five or six laps to go. Uh, Nicholas Latifi and Mick Schumacher uh, got into a little bit of contact, messed up Latifi's car. He goes into another turn and just right into the wall, uh, just completely destroyed his car. He's out of the race. And he's sitting in the middle of the track. Like, he can't move. So they throw a safety car. And Mercedes is just protesting like crazy. Like, you can't be doing this right now. Like, there's no need for a safety car. And it's like, there is a car literally parked <laughs> in the middle of the track. And, and they're like, just, just throw VSC. And it's like, oh, okay. So uh, Michael Massey, who got a lot of heat, uh, comes over the radio. He's like, no, like we need a safety car. Where we're going to bunch the field up. Max comes in again, throws on new tires. Lewis decides to still stay out. And, and it's like at this point, like, okay, you had two chances now to come in and put new tires on. He is still on his, you know, his second set of tires. So these tires are completely worn. They're shot. Um, but the real controversy starts then when it was a lap to go. So they just came, they got the white flag or no, sorry. They just got two to go. Um, and Michael Massey comes across the radio and he's like, you know what? We're not going to let the lap cars pass the leader, um, which is something they normally do. So basically at this point, they're going to green flag it with a lap to go, but Verstappen's going to have to pass like three cars just to get to Lewis. Like there's lap cars in between Lewis and him. Yeah. Um, then as they're coming into one of the last few turns, they're like, I believe they're going down the back stretch or, you know, the last long straightaway. They're like, okay, let the lap cars pass. And everybody's like, well, now we have to wait another lap, which means the race is just, isn't going to get restarted. And so everybody's like upset about that. And then they start going through the, the final turns and it comes across the screen and it goes going green this lap. And everybody went, what the hell? And so, sure enough, safety car pulls in. And with one lap to go, they throw the green flag. And um, they go into turn one. Lewis keeps his advantage. And it's it's a long straightaway, but it has a couple minor twists in it. Uh, and then going into, I believe it's turn four now, because uh, they reconfigured the track. So I believe it's turn four. Um. Max just absolutely just sent it on Lewis. I mean, and at this point, Lewis couldn't bail out like he did on the first lap. Because even if he did, there's nowhere to really give him an advantage, per se. So he kept it in there. You know, Max passes him. They go down this super long straightaway um, with just one minor kink in it towards turn six. And uh, Max just defended brilliantly, uh, kept Lewis behind him. Uh, the same thing through the next... Uh, DRS zone um, and Max comes out the winner um, so at that moment he was declared the world champion because it was basically whoever finished out of 
you know, whoever. Yeah. Um, it was it was a winner take all situation, and Max ends up winning the race. Immediately, Mercedes protest everything. Um, and then at the track, they heard the protest, and they just basically said it, it's ignored. Verstappen's the world champion. Uh, now through all this, like the the team principals, Toto Wolf and Christian Horner. Uh, Toto is for Mercedes. Christian Horner is for Red Bull. They are just going back and forth because you know obviously they want their driver to be the champion. But through all this, Verstappen and Lewis just showed great sportsmanship, which I just, I just I need to put that out there because, like I said before, I have not I've never been the biggest Lewis Hamilton fan, but the way he handled himself in defeat, um. And I think he just accepted it. He's like, listen, if it comes out, whatever they protest and it gets overturned, fine. But I know I lost. Okay, like I'll I'll just deal with it. And just the the grace and humility he had in that situation really, I mean, showed a lot to me. I thought he'd be much like Toto and just losing his mind. Um, but it was just wall to wall, just pandemonium. I actually, I was I watched the race up until it was about halfway, just after the first virtual safety car. And it restarts, and Max was gaining a little bit, but then he just couldn't close it anymore. And I was like, Ken and I have decided to go to church, and I originally planned that we were going to go to church after the race. Um, and I looked at her when that happened. I was like, you know what? Let's just go now. I don't, I don't want to watch this. And so we leave, and we're sitting there in church, and I feel my phone like vibrating. And I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. I'll, ch- I'll check it after. And then we're leaving. We're walking out of church. And I looked down at my phone and it says Max Verstappen wins world championship. I just grabbed her arm and went, oh my God. And she was, what? I was like, never mind. You wouldn't care. Um, but so I immediately, like, we, we went to breakfast quick. And the whole time at breakfast, I'm just watching the highlights and everybody just scream at Twitter. Um, so absolutely astounding race. Wouldn't uh, be Formula 1 without a little controversy. Exactly. And I think that the, just like the cool thing about this year is is for once, like, the championship battle went to the last race. Like, I honestly believe the last five years now, it's been decided, like, with two or three races to go. Like, I mean, yeah. the, Hamilton just ran away with the championship. Uh, the last, you know, like, down-to-the-wire battle they had was 2016 when uh, Nico Rosberg won the championship at the last race against Lewis Hamilton. Um, so it, it is nice to see a new champion. Um and it was it was a great, fantastic season, uh, competitive the whole way through, uh, which I, I think will help boost the popularity of Formula One going forward. Um, unfortunately, Kimi Raikkonen, it was his last race. Uh, he had to retire in the middle of the race, which was absolutely depressing for me. I've been a huge, huge Kimi fan. I have his uh, biography book, um, one of the few books I read. Um, so it was hard to see him go out like that. Uh, Latifi and Russell are leaving Williams. Latifi's done in Formula 1 for now. Uh, Russell is moving to Mercedes. Uh, Botas is leaving Mercedes. Uh, he finished fourth. Um, so a lot of interesting storylines that we, we unfolded on Sunday. Um, then testing started today. They're testing at Abu Dhabi. Uh, IndyCar driver Pato Award uh, ran the McLaren car. That was his gift for winning a race for uh, McLaren and IndyCar this year. Zach Brown said, if you win a race, I'll let you test a Formula 1 car. And he went out and he did that. Um, so that was kind of cool to see his reaction. And he was actually really fast, too. Which, I mean, it shouldn't be surprising because he is so good at IndyCar. Yeah. But, um, you know, he was, I think, I believe he was fastest today. Um, now, <laughs> that 
doesn't really because a lot of times in testing, some people sandbag their cars, um, just run slower in general, and just try to get a feel. But nonetheless, I mean, to say that you were the fastest in a Formula yeah, One test way. session, yeah. Um, so good for him. But yeah, so that wraps up our our Formula One weekend. Uh, yes, sir. Exhilarating. Sounds sound like it was a sounds like it was a great weekend for sure. Yeah. Uh, moving on, but sticking in the topic of racing. Uh, James Hinchcliffe is stepping away from full-time IndyCar racing. Uh, Hinchcliffe was the 2016 Indy 500 pole sitter. And I'm not sure if this is supposed to say 2021 or 2017 here in my notes, but I believe that it is 2017 uh, Long Beach <laughs> yes, Grand Prix winner. <laughs> yeah. Um, he said that he wants to pursue other motorsport ventures uh, quite like uh, Marco Andretti did. Um, he is Hinchcliffe is one of those guys between me and you that um, we've always kind of respected, uh, nice guy, good driver. Um, so I wish nothing but the best for him. Yeah. He, he just always has a great personality about it. I mean, even I believe it was 2015 or 16 when he had that terrible record indie in practice, um, and just his res- resiliency to bounce back. And then his next time at Indy, he goes out and sets the pole. Uh, so I believe it was 2015. Yeah. 15 or 14. I, I don't know. I'm getting my dates mixed up now, but. Uh, he he's just always been so like quick witted and one of the funniest guys on the in the paddock. Um, his interviews are always just great to watch. Um, now Paul Tracy has left NBC in their broadcasting, um, so it's rumored that he might go there. But he he didn't confirm or deny that yet. Um, but he just came out. And he's like, you know what? I want to go out. Uh, you know, I want to try some other. Like, I want to try sports car racing. I want to see what I can get into. Um, and that's what we saw Marco Andretti do last year. Uh, Hinchcliffe hasn't always been the best performer, um, especially here in recent years. Uh, he's kind of fallen off a little bit. But, um, yeah, like you said, I, I wish nothing but the best for him. I've always enjoyed watching him race uh, and and listening to him talk. So it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. But, yeah, I, I wish the best for him. Um, and now I don't know who a lot of the girls who are trying to get into the sport are going to root for because they all liked him because he was on Dancing with the Stars. So like, I'm gonna root for him. <laughs> so I, so it'll be interesting to see Dancing me. with the Stars, making women like random athletes. Exactly. Since whenever the hell it started airing. Yeah, I think it was like the early 2000s. I can't yeah, probably something. Like I that. heard somebody like say the other day like they're on like season 50 or something like that. I was like, excuse me, what? Uh-huh. That's just ridiculous. Because I think they do like three seasons a year. I want to say, maybe Absolutely. even four. But yeah. That um, makes sense. So, anyway, uh, moving on, uh, we're going to talk a little college basketball now. Uh, I did not have a great weekend sports-wise again. You know, that tends to be a common theme, George. Yeah. Um, Villanova and Baylor played on Sunday, and Baylor just uh, just smothered Villanova's offense. Villanova's offense struggled against Syracuse, um, but Syracuse usually has a very tough defense, so I just figured, okay, um, you know they'll they'll get it together. Maybe they're just focused ahead on Baylor or whatever. Uh, watching that game, they couldn't make a shot to save their life in the first place. Like they had wide open three looks and just couldn't make one to save their life. Um, but Baylor's defense was was absolutely just astounding to watch. The way they just smothered that offense, uh, it was very impressive to watch. And honestly, it was a super low scoring game. I think it was like fifty seven to thirty six. Uh, I thought it was. I thought I was watching a football game. <laughs> um, but yeah. So and Baylor is now the new number one team with Purdue being shocked last week. Um, 
against Rutgers. Rutgers draining that uh, half-court three um, to upset number one Purdue. Um, Very yeah. short-lived first number one. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was thir- that was that happened Thursday night. That was right after we got off air. Like we just wrapped up. I just wrapped up editing. I think I just posted the podcast, and my phone like vibrates. I look down, and it's like Purdue upset by Rutgers. I was like, "Are you freaking serious?" <laughs> and then I well, I'm just like watching the video. Like they made a layup, or I think they hit a three. They went up by one. Purdue goes down. They make a layup with just like two seconds left to go back up by one. And then yeah, they just dribble halfway down the court and throw up that three, and it went in. Um, so watching like the crowd reactions and stuff has been really cool, and that's always my favorite part of like last second buzzer beaters and upsets. It's oh, just yeah. watching the crowd reaction. Um, speaking of upsets, Notre Dame upset Kentucky on Saturday night, uh, the number ten team. Um, that was a great back and forth game. I got to watch a little bit of that. Uh, Marcus Williams was introduced at halftime, and the, the crowd was just feeding that team all night, and they just responded and and they upset the number ten team in the country. Um, on Saturday, uh, Ohio State and Wisconsin played, um, and Ohio State just controlled that game from start to finish. I was texting you a little bit about it. Um, Ohio State's defense just absolutely controlled the Wisconsin offense. And, I mean, we talked about it. It was going to be who can impose their, their play style more. Uh, you know, Wisconsin with a slow grind and Ohio State with a up-tempo offense. Um, Ohio State just controlled it nonstop. Uh, they just smothered Wisconsin's um, offense for the most part they really struggled to get anything any kind of momentum going their way at all um you know ohio state's offense was just great uh then saturday night alabama and houston played each other uh it was kind of a controversial finish um one of the videos of the over the weekend was you know after the game's over players and coaches are just throwing stuff all over the floor as they walk back to the locker room and the one a uh, Houston player stayed behind and, and cleaned everything up. That was kind of the viral video of the weekend. So it was good to see him step up in that moment. And you know, he might have been a bench rider for all I know. But nonetheless, it, it's cool to see a, a player at least have some humility and morality in that moment and just clean everything up uh, the way he did. Sure. Um, but yeah, J.D. Davidson gets a last-second uh, dunk. And... Uh, Helps Alabama up end number fourteen Houston, eighty three eighty two, just it, it was an absolutely wild game. I I mean I don't know what to even say about that. So <laughs> yeah, Baylor the new number one team in in college basketball for a few days until you know they end up getting upset because <laughs> that's just yeah. the way it's gone all season. It's the way it's been going, but a great uh, weekend in college basketball nonetheless. Sounds absolutely. Like. All right, and moving on uh, to the pro rankings now. Uh, we had our NFL picks for the weekend. Um, I'm sitting here looking at notes on a phone, trying to use my keypad. Wondering why it's not working. There we go. Uh, week number one, or not week number one, pick number one, we had the Browns um, over the Ravens this weekend. Uh, Lamar Jackson, obviously, getting hurt um i haven't gotten any notifications more recently but i had heard directly after the game that it was a sprained ankle um so i'll have to look more into that unless you happen to know uh, more about it but sprained ankle was all i heard even into last night i was looking in and that was all i could find but yeah let me let me look here but yeah keep going yeah go ahead um but yeah browns over uh ravens 
obviously two run run heavy teams. Uh, the Browns getting healthier, um, starting to gain at least what looked like a little momentum. Obviously, Lamar Jackson um, getting out had a big impact on that game, uh, and it was almost uh, brought back. I believe I forget the backup quarterback's name, but um, he had almost almost brought it back for them. Yeah, uh, the whole second half, Cleveland just struggled to do anything with the ball. And um, I have a few friends from Ohio on on uh, social media, and they're huge Browns fans. And just watching them like get so excited about how the game is going, and then Baltimore starts clawing back, and they just like all collectively across Twitter's went, "Fuck, here we go again." <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so the the Browns hold out. Now their biggest issue now is I think they have like six six or seven guys on the COVID nineteen list. Um, so they're they're really gonna be hurting this week uh, for their game. Um, but yeah, uh, Lamar Jackson has a low ankle sprain, so ankle thankfully sprain. it's not a high ankle sprain because those are always just so pesky. Um, oh yeah, but he is questionable for this week. Uh, they play the Packers, and I mean that's not a that's not a good game for him to miss. Um, no, definitely. So hopefully uh, they can get him back. Definitely, hopefully for Tony's sake. Oh, I'm <laughs> there, Tony. All right, uh, game number two of the week, uh, my heartbreak of the weekend. Uh, we had Dallas beating Washington by seven points, um, which unfortunately was just enough to cover the spread. Damn you. Um, but in a game that we came out just looking like absolute dog shit in the first half. Um, it was, I don't was remember. 21 nothing at the end of the first quarter? Eight, it, it was 18 or 21 at the end of the first Yeah, quarter. it was ridiculous um, after – the first quarter, first half, uh, we ended up scoring, I believe it was just eight in the third quarter, but then after a long drive and a pick six, it was like 28 to 21, I think. Um, but no, absolutely horrid. I don't remember the stats from the first half because I didn't want to remember them. Taylor Heineke had his probably worst game of his career. I don't know every game of his off the top of my head, but I'd have to imagine at least the first half was the worst of his career. Well, he, um, and then he got hurt too, which I mean, yeah. And then he got hurt, which did not help. Uh, Kyle Allen actually came in, was doing a, a pretty good job filling in, um, which the nice thing about, we might have two mediocre QBs, but they're pretty similar mediocre QBs. So when they go in and out, we can kind of work with them together. Um, but Anyway, it seemed to work out. We got some momentum. Uh, obviously not the way we wanted to play at home. Hopefully when we go to Dallas, uh, we can play the entire game like we played the second half, but we'll see. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I was texting you, but it's so weird because like, living up in Pennsylvania, I got so used to like the teams that we would always get to watch play. Like It's always the Ravens or the Steelers. It's always like the local teams that get put on you know, the, the, the regional broadcast or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, down here I'm in the South and I'm in Charlotte. So the, the Carolina Panthers are right there. And so like just instinctively Sunday, I was like, Oh, you know, I'm going to go watch the, the, the Washington game. Um, and I turned on the TV. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I got to sit here and watch <laughs> the Panthers and the Falcons. And I was just like, damn it. Because and I just, I just gotta go on a quick rant for a second because oh, I, it's know. it's 2021 and I think it's still so stupid how the NFL does their blackout rules, and both Fox and CBS can't broadcast uh, a one o'clock and a four o'clock game the same weekends every like just 
they I know they both air one and four o'clock games. Why in 2021 I cannot watch both one and four o'clock games on Fox and CBS? It it always seems like one week or the other, like one of them has a game blacked out in the one o'clock slot or the four o'clock slot, and I only get one football game a week on each channel, and it's so damn annoying. And I I understand I could I could pay for Sunday ticket or in red zone and I don't want to, yeah. Like I'm I'm trying to save money here. I got a wedding to pay for. I got honey do list things out the ass that I got to save up money and and get done. I don't want to spend money on those sports packages. Like it's 2021. Stop blacking out shit so I can just sit there and watch football all day. I am trying. Like you should get more money from this. Yeah, and you're sitting there, and now you're making me go out and do work in the garage, instead of yeah. sitting there and watch football all day. Exactly. They, they just they don't think about anybody but themselves. Exactly. I'm I'm just sick of it. Uh, no, I feel like th- there should be something you could do. Like I understand it's a lot easier to, um, watch the broadcast from your local teams because that's what your TV stations put out. But you should be able to like when you, like if I walked to my TV provider, and I said, hey, I want to get um, you know, whatever TV package, whatever TV and internet package, whatever. You should be able to be like, all right, it comes with this, like, these channels. They will show sports games. What are your favorite teams? Like, you know what I mean? They should mm-hmm. do something like that. So, like, yes, you're, and I get it. Like, it's all a ruse to get you to pay for more shit, whatever. Um, but, I mean, it's 2021. We got to be smarter than this. Got to be smarter than this. I mean, and, like, the hardest thing for me is, like, so living in Pennsylvania, we got the Root Sports Network. It used to be Root Sports. Now it's AT&T Sports Network. And that's what the Penguins game were, were always on. Unless it was on national TV, I could watch the Penguins games. And that's why I was so into hockey. And now I'm down here, and like I don't have that Penguins channel anymore. Now, this year, ESPN, with them having the rights, they broadcast all their games on ESPN Plus or on Hulu or on ESPN. And so I, I've started to slowly get back into it. But it's just so hard when you're not living close to your team. Yeah. And... Like I, I just need to just throw myself back into it at this point. Um, but yeah, sorry. Anyway, we we, we can move. Anyway, on. it's all right. Um, all right. So third game of the week. Uh, in what was a shocker to me, we had San Fran over Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati again came out ice cold. Uh, failed to score points early on. Um, and then decided to try to pick it up and make the game interesting in the fourth quarter. Um, I don't know. I don't know who over there thinks that that game plan is a good idea, um, but it hasn't worked for him the last two weeks. Uh, so I'd like to see them get away from those slow starts here coming up. Um, but in as we start getting down here into divisional games or playoff implication games and stuff like that, every single one of these games is going to count. Um, and San Francisco definitely uh, pulled one off uh, that will help their chances come the end of the regular season. Yeah. Um... It's, so I don't think the AFC East, right? Is, yeah, AFC East. No, sorry, AFC North. I'm sorry. The AFC North, I think they're only getting one team into the playoffs this year, and it, it's going to be whoever wins that division. And at this point, it seems like nobody wants to win. Um, no. The, the Bengals look really good one week, and then, you know, like you said, they come out, they have a slow start. Uh, wait, it, it turned out to be a really great game there at the end. You know, the Bengals made their comeback. They forced overtime, uh, and then their defense just, Packed it in. They're like, oh, you know what? We're done. <laughs> um, and, you know, San Francisco drives down the field and they, they get the touchdown to seal it. I think this is also the first time. I know we're going to get to the game here in a minute. But the first time I've seen overtime 
especially two overtime games in the same week, and with touchdowns and not just field goals. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it was kind of. I, I remember, like, I didn't necessarily think of an exact thought, but I remember um, as the Tampa Bay game was going in overtime and, and whatnot, I was like, it just. I, I kind of made the same connection, but I didn't really think it through. Like, yeah. I, like, like I, I just it, feel like it felt weird to me. Yeah, it's just so rare now that it doesn't end and, like, one team makes a field goal, the other team misses it. Like, the last time I vividly remember an NFL game, an MSFL overtime game ending with a touchdown was the Super Bowl when the, the Patriots beat the Falcons. Um, so, but yeah, uh, nonetheless, it was it was a great game to watch. I was able to watch, I, I believe it was it was the end of the fourth quarter in overtime once they, they switched the game over. Um, so, it, yeah, it was a great win for San Francisco. They definitely needed it to keep themselves in the hunt for the playoffs. Um, they're, they're on the border of mediocrity and, a, you know, being a half-decent team. Um, so a, a big win over a, a surging Cincinnati team. I don't want to say surging, but a uh, resilient Cincinnati team um, is, is huge for them, and hopefully it's, it's a big confidence boost moving forward. Yeah, hopefully. And and I think that, that San Fran, um, even from us, hasn't really gotten the respect that I think that they feel like they deserve. Um, they've dropped some games they should have won, and they've won some games um, impressively against impressive opponents um and some of those even in a row uh so i think that that's a team that when healthy um is definitely one of the teams to watch out for in the in the nfl and as far as uh, cincinnati goes um i i think you had accidentally said afc east because that division might as well be the nfc east um it looks like they did last year like you said nobody wants to win um I just I, I don't even know who to pick in that division anymore, especially in divisional games, because it just nobody wants it. Yeah, I just but, always get the names of the the AFC North and the AFC East mixed up because when I think North, I think in New England and Buffalo because they're like the farthest North teams in the AFC. But you know they still have Miami and uh, the Jets, who are you know on the East Coast, whatever. And then the AFC North, like with Baltimore and Pittsburgh. No, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just I always agree. get it mixed up. I, I they should restructure like the entire NFL. I just want to I want to put that out there, but we'll save that for another time. <laughs> um. Anyway, so next game uh, happened to be the other overtime game of the weekend that George was talking about. Here we had Tampa Bay over Buffalo. Uh, both teams came out to play. This was an entertaining game to watch. Um, two great quarterbacks going at it. Obviously, Tom Brady. Uh, got the best of, of Josh Allen over there, um, but a great game going to overtime. Um, I was I'm not even a fan of either of these teams, and I was I was on my seat um, or on the edge of my seat because both of these teams, in my opinion, um, I know a lot of people have still swooned over Tampa Bay and Tom Brady this year. I, I don't think they've been impressive as impressive as they were last year. Um, I think they've failed in a lot of spots that they should have been doing good in. Um, they've let teams be in some games that they shouldn't have been in. Um, they've squeaked by. I mean, they're a, a field goal kick in New England away from losing to Bill Belichick. Uh, I haven't been that impressed with Tampa Bay, but it, both of these teams looked like the teams that we all expected them to be. Um, and, you know, I hope for both of their sakes that they continue to go on. Um, I still am rooting for Buffalo. Um, 
I, you know, I had talked about Josh Allen previously in the podcast, but something's going on over there. I, I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know if it's the lack of run game, putting everything on Josh Allen. I don't know what it is, but it needs to get taken care of. Yeah. Um, it, that was a, it was the Buffalo's comeback, especially in the second half. I think they scored two touchdowns in like a minute and 30 seconds. Um, I think yeah, I want to say it was like seventeen nothing at one point. Yeah, uh, so their their comeback to just get that game to overtime was was great to watch. Um, I personally think there should have been a pass interference call in the end zone uh, right at the end of the the regulation uh, before Buffalo kicked the game tying field goal to send it to overtime. Uh, I believe um, Diggs uh, basically had his hands held down. Um, I think there should have been a flag there, but. Uh, that that's NFL officiating. That's there was very soft refing this weekend, and I don't was. mean like it. It was very like they weren't really calling a whole lot, and right. and I'm all for letting people play. Um, but again, the one thing we've probably mentioned at least once a podcast is consistency. I mean, uh, I've seen, for instance, the Washington game. Um, there were multiple times. Uh. It actually it was Brown one time from the the Cowboys, but um, it was a couple others, and even once or twice um, on some of our defenders, people just hanging on other people and not calling, and then one person would get tapped in the shoulder and yeah. throwing a flag, and it's like make up your mind here. You gotta. I understand you're not gonna catch everything as a ref, but um, come on. Yeah. Um. Especially in like a a, a huge spot as as that was. Um, I mean, the ref is literally standing right there, and you know, Diggs goes to try up and trying to get up, and like the the quarterback had tripped and like just kind of used Diggs to, like hold himself up. So I understand it wasn't malicious or intentional. Like he wasn't like screw, it, you're not catching this ball, and just held him down. He just kind of you know tripped, just put his hand up and, and held Diggs' hand down. But nonetheless, I I mean like it's still pass interference. You need to throw a flag there. Um, yeah, but the the Tampa Bay gets done in overtime, and you know. They did this last year. They got off to like a rocky start. They weren't that impressive through like the first, I would even say like three quarters of the season. Um, and then they just turned it on there at the end of the year. They won that huge run and then into the playoffs and the Super Bowl eventually. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was just. And I don't even think, I don't even think last year, like when I look at that team last year, yes, they're good. They're good this year. I, I do not want to take anything away from Tom Brady and those Buccaneers. Um, that team is good, and they were good last year. But I think that if the Bills beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship last year, I think the Bills beat the Bucks in the Super Bowl. Um, oh, yeah, seen, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, you've seen us uh, almost almost upset them in the in the first round. Um, now, granted, it was at home, and they didn't have film on Heineke and stuff like that. I mean, but we you've seen, them, seen us beat them this year, too, so I, I don't even take all that stuff into effect. But anyway... Um, I I personally don't right now the way the way the league sits um I have the Cardinals as my favorite um the Rams taking them last night which we'll get into later um completely through that through a loop uh, so I I don't know I I don't know who to pick in in this league anymore I honestly don't yeah um it, it seems like every time we're like yeah this this team's you know our favorite um they. And they just end up sucking every time. <laughs> so every time. Yeah, I don't know who to pick anymore. Anyway, maybe I should. To... Spe- speaking of the team we're getting ready to talk about, maybe I should just yeah. pick the Packers and they'll just start sucking. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. So as George mentioned, our next game 
for the week uh, was Green Bay taking Chicago. Uh, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers probably reminded somebody that he owned them. Um, this was a great game at first. Um, now, it was a great game to watch. Uh, as somebody who's in a group chat with obnoxious Bears fans, the like first half of this game was unbearable, um, pun intended. Um, <laughs> Now you hadn't really you had said about like I'm gonna enjoy this while it lasts. Oh yeah, no, I, I texted I texted you when we, we we kicked the the field goal to go up three nothing just to start. I was like, you know what, we got a lead. This isn't gonna last. I'm just yeah. gonna. And then I, I kept just working, gonna, and I was like, hold on a second here. Yeah, I was like, I'm just gonna enjoy the, the serotonin, the small amount of serotonin I'm I'm getting from knowing that we we had a lead on the Packers. And I was like, yep, this is nice. And then like the the Packers just started scoring. But then all of a sudden we were keeping up with them, and we had that punt return. I was like, "Holy shit! Like, this is this is cool." And then it the second, I, yeah, the second I started, I went, "Ah, shit! Yeah, okay." There, there's the Bears. There's a picture of uh, was it Roquan? Did I send that to you? No, it it wasn't Roquan. Uh, it was our defense event. Yeah, no, I can't um, remember. I couldn't. I don't understand right how, as a professional, like I understand that you took his comments to heart last time when he said. You know, like I'm, I'm still your owner, or I, I still own you, whatever. To I the Bears, you, yeah. Um, I understand you took exception to that, but it is the first quarter against Aaron freaking Rodgers. Stop celebrating yeah. and doing the discount double. When has that ever worked out for anybody Mm-mm. in the league ever? Never not do only that in flexing his face. on Rodgers. Yeah, not only flexing on Rodgers, not only flexing on Rodgers in his face, but doing something that though it's not his move. Uh, he was associated oh, it's, it's, with it's his like, move. I, I yeah. thought that what's his name did it first. Um, the one, I think it was in the one commercial. I, I thought that the one guy had done it first. I, I'm probably just backwards. Whatever. Either way, his move or a movie he was associated with. Either way, uh, especially like now, if it was, uh, like, I if, don't if know, you make it, that sack in the fourth quarter on like a huge drive to like, you know, give your offense the ball back to run out the clock, that's when you do it. Yeah. You don't not the do first it, quarter. yeah? No, oh my god! Not no, up I, three nothing. On, as soon as I saw that, I just went, "Yeah, we're not winning. Like we, yeah. we, we might keep a lead. We're gonna keep it competitive. We're not, we're not fucking winning." No, and and honestly, like like I said, it was it was a great game. Um, I went to bed at like ten o'clock that night. I think the game was still going on at that point. I think Green Bay only had a seven point lead. Um, yeah. I did need them uh to cover eleven and a half to uh, to win one bet. I ended up winning three bets that night. So it was a good night. When, when Green for... Bay went up two scores, I turned the TV off and I was like, <laughs> it's time to go to bed. Yeah. You, you, you have a long week ahead. Just just save your, your mental energy. Just don't yeah. waste it on these fucking clowns. Just um, whatever. But yeah. anyway, we'll get we'll get past that for George's mental health. Thank you. Um so last game of the week. Um a great game, honestly. Uh, I like I said I watched this till about ten or so. Um, or actually no, I did end up watching watching the whole thing because Aaron Donald had uh the sack at the end of the game to to close it off. Um, but no, great game. Uh, two of the top teams in the, the NFC Rams Cardinals. Uh, it was a seven point game. The Cardinals had the ball driving um to try to tie it up at the end, but Aaron Donald said mm mm mm, um, and a completely different game than what we had seen previously when they played earlier in the year the cardinals mopped the floor with them um so nice to see los angeles um, play great against a great team um i'd like to see where they end up come playoff time and and how they play uh, because this is definitely 
both of these teams um, should be in the conversation when it comes to Super Bowl, um, at least being in it. Um, so, anyway, what were your thoughts on the game, George? Uh, that was a great game. Um, I mean, we both picked Arizona, but it's weird because every time the Rams play a good team, they just don't play well for some reason. But they, they came out and they broke that stigma and they looked really, really good all night. Um, their offense was clicking all night. Now, the crappy part for them is now they, too, have eight players on the COVID list. They completely closed all their facilities and everything. So, I mean, having the... Big storyline this weekend, COVID, for yeah. sure. There's a lot of teams, um, us included, Washington, that, that had a bunch. Yeah, so now you, you got to turn around after, you know, playing on Monday night. Um, your facilities are closed. So it, it'll be interesting to see how they handle this week and their game next week. Because um, it would suck because they, they finally have momentum going a little bit. After a rough patch of their season, you know, to have it have it snuffed out like this, um, and yeah, for some reason Arizona lately has just not been able to play well at home. Uh, not that they played bad, but just not as well as they could, um, and they're just not winning at home, which is it's so weird for an NFL team, and especially for them because, like I said on Thursday, you know, they have, I feel like they have pretty good you know, a home field advantage, you know, a great crowd behind them there. Um, so it's kind of weird that they're not able to feed off that energy more and, and produce more at home. Definitely, especially for a successful team. Uh, yeah. It's very weird. Um, but with that being said, uh, that wraps up our weekend in the NFL. Um, I went 3-3 three and three in my NFL picks, putting me at 17-13. and 13, And Georgie here went a whopping 0-6 to put him at 12-18. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that ground I made up the last few weeks is gone there it went there it went but anyway okay George, still, still a couple believe... weeks left yeah exactly you sorry can, that, that still makes some stuff. the biggest thing for me is so i'm i'm in three fantasy leagues and two of the leagues i'm into the playoffs now in our league I, I, like i needed to win and i was in and i've <laughs> i kept updating that thing all day sunday we, we were going back and forth um and I, I really didn't think i was gonna win at some points and going into <laughs> The four o'clock games, I was like fifty points behind, and my win, but my like chance probability of winning was like at forty eight. I was like, dude, I need, I need a huge four o'clock game. And Josh Allen goes out there and gets me thirty five points. I was like, <laughs> God damn it, I love it. Uh, yes, and then we go into the eight o'clock game, or no, sorry, we finish up the the night game, uh, Sunday, and I was still down. I believe I was down like, I want to say twenty points, um. But he just had the uh, the Rams defense, or no, sorry, he he was already done. I had um, Cooper Cup, and Cooper Cup comes out and and gets like I believe he got like twenty five points, and so I, I I still a big win. And I was like, oh thank God. So yeah, I went from I... sorry, yeah. but, uh, no, you're good. We were talking the other day when we were playing video games, and I went on. Let's see what was it? One, two. Three, four. Five. I think you were like one and four through the first. Yeah, I was. Five. I was one and five. I was one, one and five. And yeah. five. Um, and to, I now I turn around. I'm seven and seven, and I I get the final seed in the in the winners uh, playoff bracket. Um, now I play a guy that has <laughs> has mopped the floor with me through all, all two times I played him. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting. It's about it's about the chance. It's yeah. The chance. So j- but, just to, just the comeback I made, I was happy. And then the other yeah, league, for sure. I I've I basically been the, the leader the whole time and at least in my division and so i have the first seed in that playoff which is great for me and then my money league i'm playing in uh i 
I just ran away with this one. I did, there was no no doubt. And now I have the first overall seed in that, so I'll get a buy as long as I, I win this week. Or I, I believe first and second get a buy. So I think I, I get a buy either way. So Nice. Um, yeah, so I, I, I had a great fantasy weekend, so it made up for the, the lack of the Bears and, and Villanova winning. Yeah. No, it, see, I was kinda... scared at the beginning of the weekend because, like, so my most expensive league I'm in, I was, like, right on the border of teams that were going to the playoffs and teams that were in the consolation bracket. And I had to win, first of all, um, to even have a chance. If I lost, it was over. Yeah. Um, but I was facing the kid who happened to be last in the league, sitting at, like, 3-10, and 10, and I was like, damn, this is the perfect setup for me to lose. And I remember, like, halfway through the first o'clock games, I have Terry McLaurin. He was out with an injury. Um, I forget who else I had playing at the time, but I was projected to lose, and I was thinking, you've got to be shitting me. Like, <laughs> the worst part about it was, like, I just talked shit in this league, like, two weeks ago. And I was like, the last place kid is about to beat me and eliminate me from the winner's bracket in the playoffs. Like, I ended up winning by, like, 12 points, I think, uh, by the time things were all said and done. But I was like, I can't believe this shit. But <laughs> anyway, off topic a little bit, but, hey, fantasy's got to do with sports. So, I believe you have some college football news for us. Yeah, George. we got we to gotta wrap it up. With, with college football, and surprisingly, it was it was a pretty big weekend in in college football. Uh, starting off, I got to start off with Oregon. Um, we announced Saturday evening our our new head coach is going to be Dan Lanning. Uh, he is was the former defensive coordinator at Georgia. Um, I am I'm actually pretty excited about this. A lot of people on the internet have been like, eh, so so, um, but uh, you know, a lot of the players. Um, on Twitter have been like, you know, we, we've talked to him, you know, we're very excited. Um, you know, he has great energy about him. Um, and seeing what he did with Georgia's defense this year, uh, minus the SEC championship game, uh, has, has been great to watch. Um, so I, I'm pretty excited. Uh, we had one player, uh, I forget his name though, um, came out and announced that, you know, he, he didn't feel great about it. Uh, he was going to transfer, sits down with the coaching staff and then, you know, decides he's not going to transfer anymore. So that that's great that he's already getting the buy-in um, f- from these, you know, these these players. So I'm very excited about what's happening. Uh, I I think it's a great hire. Um, somebody that is, you know, defensively motivated. Which, not that our defense has been bad lately, um, but it definitely not, hasn't been our strong suit. Uh, the offense has always been the strong suit. Um, so I'm very excited to see where this program goes in the future. Um, it'll be interesting next year in August, um, Labor Day weekend, Oregon and Georgia play in Atlanta. Um, so he, his, his first game is against his old team, which is kind of you know rare, but uh, I, I think just adds another element. So exciting stuff there. Uh, in other news, uh, Spencer Rattler has announced that he will be transferring to South Carolina. Um, which it might be good for South Carolina. Uh, I don't think it is just because I, I don't, I never bought into the hype of Spencer Rattler. Uh, I watched him that first year at Oklahoma and he was, to me, he was nothing special. Um, but you know, he was a preseason Heisman favorite comes out and then he gets benched and I believe like the third or fourth game. Um, so I have never really bought into his hype, but we'll, we'll see if he can, you know, go to South Carolina if, if Frank Beamer and his staff can um, 
or no, excuse me, not Frank Beamer, Shane Beamer, uh, Frank Beamer's son, uh, you know, and his staff can, uh, you know, write that ship, uh, that, that is Spencer Rattler and, and, and get some production out of him. Um, if he can be productive there, then South Carolina is definitely a, a, an outside team, you know, to possibly look at winning the SEC East next year, or at least compete for it. Um, uh, Beamer has done a great job this this year alone of uh, turning that program around. Um, a lot of people had you know s- such low expectations for them, and uh, he gets them into a bowl game this year. So um, it'll be interesting to watch that going forward. Um, also, I believe it was Saturday night. Uh, probably the weirdest uh, Twitter video I've seen in a long time. At least sports. Uh, I, I wouldn't. I don't know if. I, okay. Yeah. Sports uh, related. Yeah. yeah no. No, I, yeah, I've, I've seen some weird shit. Seen some, yeah, seen some weird shit. On no, um, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> watching that video of him dancing with that new, uh, the, it, so it's, I believe it's a four-star QB. Um, he got to commit to LSU, and they're standing around one of those cameras that just like spins in a big circle, and they're standing in the middle, and the the QBs you know throwing up the L for LSU and like throwing a football on his finger. And Brian Kelly at first is just like holding up the L, and then out of nowhere he just like tries to start dancing. I'm just like, what the hell? Yeah, if that's we'll call it that. Yeah, and the then like thing, but... the the best part was I watched somebody today break it down, or not break the video, but they were like, <laughs> they were talking about Lane Kiffin, and the like Lane Kiffin just like has such like a, a cool composure about him, mm-hmm. and you know like he really relates to his players a lot. Like you know like I and the guy was like, okay, would you rather? Go play for a coach that cares about his players like this, or would you rather go play for a coach that does this? And re- was referring to Brian Kelly, and I just started laughing. I was like, "Yeah, that is that is really true." Like, if, if I was eighteen years old again, I was making that decision. I would hundred percent. I would, you know, give anything in my life to play one game for Lane Kiffin. Um, I, I like I love watching his energy on the, on the sideline, and like when they show the videos of him at practice and stuff. Um, you know, as a football coach, I'm a great admirer of his, and. Um, he's definitely probably one of my favorite coaches. He was at one time like linked to the Oregon job, and I just was like, if he if he goes to Oregon, I was I was gonna lose my mind. Um, obviously <laughs> didn't happen. Um, moving it's on. Good to hope that <laughs> yeah. Um, you and I talked about this a little bit on I believe it was Friday. This news came out. Uh, Sean Clifford announced that he is going to return to Penn State next year. Um, you were excited about it. Uh, now me as an outsider watching. Clifford in the Penn State program. I am very skeptical of it. Uh, we do have a bet on the line. Uh, Nick said that he thinks uh, Clifford is going to be a Heisman finalist next year. And I told Nick, if Sean Clifford wins the Heisman next year, I will shave my head. Uh, so I'm saying that on the air here. Um, I just want to I, I, I want to put out there so there's no um, I don't want to catch no hate on Twitter or nothing. Uh, th- I, I am not saying by any means um, that I think at this point that Sean Clifford is a Heisman favorite caliber quarterback. Um, but I do think with an extra year in the system, um, hopefully some, some extra talent coming in. I do know we have some, some talented skill positions coming in. Um, but hopefully uh, he can take that next step. Um, like, cause when we had, when we had talked about it the other day, I had mentioned that, he was playing pretty efficient football his his first couple games before his injury um and and i think at the biggest or at the very least um if clifford ends up he if he definitely is the starter next year 
uh, if he starts out the season, that's going to give our young quarterbacks somebody to to learn under, uh, especially somebody who's now going to have his sixth year in Penn State, um, not necessarily in the same offensive system, but at, at Penn State has learned a lot, has played a lot of top competition. Um, it, it can only be a good thing for for our, our young quarterbacks like Drew Allar coming in um, or Bo, I believe it's Pribla um, from here in Pennsylvania, or even Christian Ballou, I believe uh, the freshman that we had, had play a couple years or a couple weeks back. Um, they're all going to be able to to be able to learn from him, um, and and hopefully that'll help us in the long run. But I, I am not against the the idea that he might not be the starter next year. I yeah. I, I had told you when we talked that the, this was based on if he was the starter, if he. Yeah. made the next step because i don't think if he doesn't make that next step i don't think he's the starter next year yeah. i really don't yeah i agree um yeah i just see it was one thing like to watch him play hurt um this year but it just like the, I, I believe it was like the last five games or so watching him you know like and i i did understand like i said he was playing hurt but just like the decision making at, at times and you know we, we talked about it a little bit over the weekend and he's not the least mobile quarterback I've ever watched, but he's definitely, he, he is so far below what Trace McSorley was. And I think a Trace McSorley-esque type QB that can sling it around and, and is very mobile too. Because like you said, Penn State's biggest you know downside this year was they didn't have a great run game. And, you know, when Trace was there, you know, after Saquon left, I, I would say the first couple of games, that run game was, was probably pretty comparable. Um, but Trace McSorley was able to make it up with his legs. Like he was able to, you know, at the end of the day, he was able to get the run game going, you know, even if the running backs couldn't. And I think that's Clifford's biggest downside right now. And they, I think they really just need to get a more mobile quarterback in there. And I think that'll help this offense flourish so much more. You know, next year, obviously, hopefully your run game on its own is a lot better. Yeah. I, as I say, it, it, if you're not going to have, it doesn't even have to be a top tier running back. Like we right. have talent at running back. It, you know, our offensive line. You could, uh, you could blame a lot of our run game on the offensive line, plain and simple. Right. Um. But whatever the reason is, you either got to have a run game with a running back or a run game with a quarterback. Because we tried to use the short screen passes and shit as our as our run game, so to speak, this year, and it just it doesn't work. You got to be able to put pressure on the middle of teams' defenses to be able to open up those outsides for those big plays. Um, so it, a lot of it is going to depend on on the run game for sure. And like I said, I know we have talent coming in. Um, so I, I'm excited, uh, but I'm not going to get my hopes too high yet. Um, there's a lot of things that need to happen for us for us as a team to be able to take that next step. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see um, how that shakes out with, with spring ball and, and, and camp next fall um, and who gets announced as the starting QB. Um, moving on, uh, Quinn Ewers, uh, he was the, he's the second highest ever recruit, um, rated recruit in college football history behind, um, Vince Young. Uh, he's originally from Texas, committed to Ohio State, went there for a year, um, uh, after the season's over, announced that he was going to transfer. He's finally announced where he's going to be transferring to, and it is to the University of Texas, um, should be interesting to watch just because one, I think Texas itself is a dumpster fire right now. And, <laughs> and, and two, you know, 
yes, this guy was, you know, one of the highest rated recruits, you know, ever. Uh, he's from Texas. He's going back to Texas. But if he wasn't good enough to earn that starting job over CJ Stroud, and, you know, I don't even know if he was the second string QB. Uh, I, I would have to look. He might have been. But, you know, and, and Ohio State's quarterback room was stacked this year. Um, and CJ Stroud was definitely one of the best players in the country. Um, you know, he was a Heisman finalist, everything. So, I mean, undoubtedly, Quinn Ewers was going to transfer regardless. Um, a lot of people say, you know, he just went there for the NIL money and the deals and stuff, and he got that. Now he can go to Texas and, and you know, be the starting QB, whatever. Um, I haven't seen this guy play at a collegiate level yet, so it'll be really interesting to see how good he is, especially, like I said, with a, such a terrible Texas team. Um, if he's able to turn them around at all and, and get it going. Yeah, I, that move doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Now, I'm, I've am i never been the second highest rated recruit ever, um, so maybe I just don't understand. But, you know, you go to Ohio State, like, you see Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow did it perfectly. Went to Ohio State, didn't get the start, said, ah, I'm going somewhere else. Went somewhere that, wasn't a complete dumpster fire. I mm-hmm. uh, was actually in a very good position, with very, uh, very good teams the last couple of years, and went and won a natty. Like, I, t- I, I don't know, man. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm missing something going on in there, in, there in Texas. Uh, but it, weird move, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, I, I wish nothing but the best for him. Like I said, yes, yeah, definitely. I haven't seen. I, I hope something works out. Yeah, I haven't seen. Like I just, I haven't. Seen, he might have been redshirted this year too. Now that I think about it, but um, maybe. And, and speaking of redshirts, so uh, LSU, we we talked last week about Max Johnson announced that he's transferring out. Um, now his brother was a a big tight end recruit too. He you know wanted to go play with his brother, so he announced that he was gonna uh, commit to LSU. Well, his brother leaves, so he. He commits from LSU. Now, the problem for LSU with Max Johnson leaving, and I didn't realize this last week, um, their backup QB actually announced midseason that he was going to transfer. <laughs> so they didn't Wait, have... Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, I totally they, forgot so about yeah, that. So now they don't have a backup. So their their third-string QB was a redshirt freshman. Mm. And so now their only option is to play him in the bowl game. But if they do that, they have to burn his redshirt year, which means he just lost a complete year of eligibility for no reason. For one game. Yeah, and he's he's gonna give it up for one game, but he is the only QB left that they have on their roster. So, um, yeah, that I mean that's that's, that's rough. Yeah. Um, yeah. So moving on. Uh, uh, on Saturday night, Bryce Young was announced as the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, I don't really think that was a surprise to anybody. Um, there was some controversy with who the finalists were. Uh, I believe everybody knew Stroud and Pickett belonged there, but the, it came down to uh, Hutchinson from Michigan. Uh. You have to forgive me. I I forget the Alabama's um defensive end's name, but oh god, yeah. I, now so do I. Now you said it. Yeah. Uh, stat wise, I believe the Alabama defensive end was was you know more impressive, but I, I understand why Hutchinson was a finalist. I mean, just watching him play, I mean, especially that Ohio State game. There there was a clip going around on Twitter where the the left tackle and Hutchinson were like jawing at each other before the play, and the play starts and Hutchinson just put him on his ass like just ran him over and like just watching yeah just watching that i was like oh god damn like that kid's just ridiculous um i honestly believe that he should be probably i would say probably the number one pick um, I, I i was just getting ready to say i, I now i i like thibodeau like he's 
I do too, animal. but um, but you look at big games and the way each of them played. Yeah. Um, like the, know, the two it, games it, against Utah, Thibodeau was was nowhere to be found. Uh, yeah. he, he had a couple like big tackles and stuff, but other than that, he was completely neutralized. Um, so yeah, I I think that um, uh, Hutchinson, you know, deserves to uh to be the number one pick. Um, now obviously it all comes down to who the number who gets the number one pick. Uh, and and what they need, you know, they might need a quarterback. They might take Bryce Young first or Kenny Pickett. Uh, we'll have to see, but um, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see how it goes from there. Uh, moving on, uh, the only game we had this weekend was the Army Navy game, <laughs> undefeated. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was it was a great game to watch. It really was. Uh, it was. <laughs> I thought Army was going to start pulling away with it. Uh, you know, they went up early. They were actually slinging the ball around, which was so weird to watch. Um. <laughs> actual passes happening in the army navy game um oh yeah but yeah they they for some reason just could not get their run game going at all it got a lot it got pretty chippy too which i don't recall you know happening in recent years you know like obviously it's a rivalry game you know you're gonna have you know mouthing back and forth but there was some like cheap shots being taken and you know some some scuffles breaking out uh so that was like weird to watch for me anyway but uh yeah so navy uh, just just stuffed Army's offense pretty much all day. Uh, Army had that one big run to start the game, uh, and that's how they scored their first touchdown. Other than that, they really struggled all day, uh, and, and Navy gets the win. Um, so great for them, and 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 you know, obviously I I, I picked Army to win, but at the end of the day, uh, it, it doesn't matter who wins that game because um, in my book that both teams win. Um, you know, they're, they're more men than I will ever be. Uh, you know, they signed up. To, to join the military and, 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 you know, go out and serve our country. So nothing but the ultimate respect to them. Uh, Navy has just struggled all year. Um, and so, they, you know, they get a huge win over Army to, to, to boost their confidence and, and send the seniors out um, on, on such a high note. Uh, Army gets to go to a bowl game. Uh, Navy does not this year. But um, that wraps up our NCAA football week interview. Um, like I said, a lot of news coming out on a on an off week, really. Um, so kind of surprising, but nonetheless, uh, I'll never pass up a chance to talk about college football. Uh, moving on, our last topic for tonight, uh, we're going to give you another top five debate. Um, this time, we're going to rank the top five major American sports. So that's soccer, hockey, uh, the NBA, NFL, and uh, Major League Baseball, and we're going to rank, um, come up with the definitive top five rank of what the hardest championship is to win in each, like by sport. Um, so, Nick, do you want, you want to go first? Give me your top five. Yes, sir. Uh, so, are you doing the, are you doing the countdown thing? I don't know. We got we to gotta come up with a definitive top five first. So oh. You, you got to tell me your top five. I'll tell you my top five. You're right. You're right. You're right. I forgot. That's my bad. All right. So my number five, uh, I have the MLS Cup. Um, I can't lie. I used to be huge into soccer. Uh, I played it for seven years of my life. Um, I had a bad coach ruin it for me. So I, I don't tend to associate with soccer a whole lot um, anymore. I've tried to get back into it. I've even thought about it recently, um, at least maybe the more international soccer, maybe not so much the MLS. Um, but I have this at number five because I feel like if you get one superstar, that's that's better than anybody else like the mls cup or the mls um in my opinion a lot lower level talent like 
if we yeah, you're not you're not gonna US, have Messi or, or Ronaldo. Yeah, if the down. U.S. had like a, a a Messi or Ronaldo on any one of these MLS teams, like they'd probably just run away with it. Um, you know, it, yeah, like it, David Beckham, for example. I don't know how many games the LA Galaxy won back then, but just from all the hype around him and, and the team, I imagine they probably fucking I don't know. I could be completely wrong. Like he maybe he didn't do nothing. I don't know, but um. Regardless, I just I feel like if you have one stud, one superstar, like you could take your team a long way. I mean, obviously you, you gotta have talent on the, on the team as well. But anyway, um, number four, I have the Super Bowl. Um, this is no disrespect to the Super Bowl or any of these championships, by the way. Um, just how I feel. Uh, the Super Bowl to me, um, as we've seen, like. There's a lot of teams that seem top tier at the beginning of the season. And then as the season goes on, you realize they have some weaknesses. Um, and and if you can exploit those weaknesses or have the right matchups, um, you know, winning as long as you're in the playoffs, like like I talked about Tampa Bay last year. I, I didn't think if that Tampa Bay team had played in every other season in the NFL, like I, I wonder how many times they win the Super Bowl is, is all I'm trying to say. But anyway, my number three. Uh, I have the Stanley Cup. Um, George will tell you I, I don't know a whole lot about hockey. Um, I can't lie. I've, I've recently gotten into watching it. Uh, I used to watch uh, minor league games or whatever they call the minor leagues for hockey. Um, I used to watch some of those, um, but I don't know a whole lot. But I do know it's a tough sport. Um, I don't understand all the rules and everything, but um, it's 200-plus pound men running around on thin metal blades on slippery ice. like. I got to give it respect whether I watch it or not. Uh, my number two, I have the NBA Finals. Um, I, I chose the NBA Finals because there's five starters per team. Um, and even though there's less talent coming up through high school and college, like there's still a lot of talent for what in reality is 150 players plus bench players. Um, so that talent gets dispersed around a lot. And I feel like that makes it harder to to have an edge over teams and making it harder for um in order for you to win uh the championship and along with that uh the long seasons um i believe it's 82 games um in the nba season it sounds dumb not to know but i'm pretty sure it's 82 it sounds weird coming out of my mouth right now but almost positive it's 82 82. but anyway yeah um so that's a long season um and a lot of games, obviously, uh, not a whole lot of off season in that. Um, so it, it's hard to maintain top play for for that long of a season. And my number one, obviously, the last one left, um, is the World Series. Kind of like the NBA, long season, a lot of games, a um, lot of stuff to get through to even get to the playoffs. Um, and then, you know, you you go to the World Series and you got to win best of seven. Um, I, I definitely think that baseball doesn't necessarily get I, I mean everybody calls it America's pastime um but as far as like a, a level of respect um it's mentally it's definitely a difficult game to play in. and with the long seasons um I, I could definitely like I said I, I see it as my hardest championship to win okay um gonna, gonna do a little disagreeing with you here uh so I'll go through my thoughts. Right. we need a little disagreement every now and then. uh so number five, I have the MLS too, um, and this is nothing against the sport of soccer. Um, no, and it's just like you said. I, I feel like, you know, just a one game playoff, um, and 
I don't. I I feel like the I have the Super Bowl at four too. I feel like the MLS and the Super Bowl could probably be interchangeable. Um, yeah. I, I understand soccer is literally just sprinting up and down a field for ninety minutes. Uh, so it's a little yeah. bit harder on your body. But for me, football is just more difficult because, I mean, you were literally just smashing your bodies full speed into each other for, for 60 minutes. Um, that's essentially why I have the Super Bowl at, uh, ahead of the MLS. Yeah. Um, and number three, I put the NBA Finals. Um, I mean, with the, the rise of super teams, and that just basically seems like that's what dominates the NBA anymore, it's just super teams. Um, it almost seems like the championship has decided, you know, in January. Now, I mean, obviously last year we had the, you know, um, Milwaukee, excuse me, come together and, you know, just make their, that great playoff run and, and get to the finals and win it. Um, so there has slightly become a, a rise in, in parity in the NBA, but I mean, still, I feel like it's just so superstar based that, um, to me, like, the, the playoffs are more interesting than the finals. Like, I feel like once you get to the finals anymore in the NBA, like, you know who's going to win. Um, obviously, I understand that's not always the case, but I, f- I feel like more so than I any, get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, more so than any of the sport that's the case. Uh, number two, I have the World Series. Um, baseball has the longest season of any professional sport. Uh, baseball is also, like, one of the most unpredictable sports. Like, you could be up 11 to nothing in the bottom of the ninth, and you know, the home team can rally and win 12 to 11. Like, it, it's just, it's not over until the last pitch is, is you know, recorded for an out. Um, and so, it, no matter what, like, you're, like, this year the Braves, you know, limp into the playoffs and just go on an absolute tear through the playoffs and end up winning the World Series. Um, I, I think it's just a lot more unpredictable. Um, and just the longest season overall, it's just so much harder on your body. Um, it's so hard for players nowadays to stay healthy. Um, you know, I believe it's Joe DiMaggio's record of, or no, sorry, Cal Ripken's record now uh, of most consecutive games started uh, will just probably never ever be touched again, uh, or even you know come close. Um, so yeah, especially with the like the load management. Yeah, exactly. Nowadays, yes. Um, so yeah, but I have I have the MLB at number two, and number one I have the Stanley Cup. Uh, I, I like you said I I'm. Used to be so in the hockey, like I said, I'm I'm trying to just get myself back into to that mode of just loving the sport the way I did. Um, but it, it's 82. It's it's just like the NBA. It's 82 games a year, but it's just such a violent sport. And you know, you're you're constantly. It's like football, but on ice skates, and you're just throwing your body into one another. You're throwing your body in front of freaking hundred mile an hour slap shots to block them. You know, to just laying your body on the line day in and day out for your team, um, you know, to, to win that game. And, and it's just, to me, it's not only the hardest, but it's the most prestigious trophy in all the sports. Um, you know, it's, it's a 55 pound trophy. And after, or actually I think it's more than that, but after you, you know, you lay your body on the line for eight months, basically, um, you know, just lifting that, seeing, you know, all these these great superstars go through their career and you know that's kind of the marquee of like their careers you know they go out they lift up the trophy like Raymond Bork is probably the most famous example played in the league for 20 years could like just his teens would always just be like one hair shy of winning that trophy um goes to the Colorado Avalanche and is their captain and um you know the famous line was you know um 
raise it up, Raymond Bork, like you're finally a champion, something like that. Like just just the the sheer will of him to to go through and win that champion uh, championship, and just knowing like how much your your body takes. Like I feel like hockey is so much harder on your base or or on your body than baseball, and that's why I have it ranked higher. Um, and I, to me, the, the just the prestige of the trophy takes it just a step above. Um, the MLB, in, in my opinion. I'm so, how many or how many uh games are in the um in the hockey season? Yeah, I think it's 82, just like uh, the NBA. Oh, not far. Yeah, I was just curious because uh, yeah, that was another thing I I didn't even it didn't even occur to me to think about when I was making my list. Like yeah. how many games were in there? Yeah. Um. Yeah, the NBA is 82. Pretty sure NHL is 82, and MLB is 182. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. So I think I think number five is definitely MLS. Uh, so yeah, M- MLS five, five we have pretty certain. MLS Super Bowl. Um, I didn't know. Like I said, I didn't know the this the Stanley Cup was eighty two games. Um, yeah. so that definitely makes a difference. So so I think. J- just for the sake of averages. So you had the MLB one, I have the Stanley Cup one, but you had the Stanley Cup three. So I think we put mm-hmm. the NBA at three. Um, the Stanley Cup at two, and the World Series at one. Just because, and like, like I said, like, I, like I understand how hard the, the the World Series is to win, and it, it if like I I have it almost tied exactly with the Stanley Cup. Like I just give the Stanley Cup a slight edge, just because I mean, eighty two games is like imagine playing eighty two games of football basically. Yeah. Now, granted, like less time, and then um, you're, but, you're, but yeah. still, like <laughs> I mean, they're not not every player's out. Like I think the average. Or like a, a star player is like twenty minutes a night on the ice, but I yeah. mean that is twenty minutes of sprinting up and down the ice, twenty minutes of throwing your body into another grown ass man, twenty minutes of you know diving in front of pucks, you know all these different things. Um, but so so we're gonna do MLS Super Bowl, uh, the NBA, Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup, and then World Series. World Series. All right, Peace. here we go. Uh. Number five. Number five, we have the MLS Cup. Uh, we've agreed that um, no disrespect to soccer players, uh, but the MLS is dry on talent. Um, so if you get a little talent on one team, it and compared to the physicality of these other these other leagues, it just does not compete. Number four. Number four, we have the Super Bowl. Again, no disrespect. Um, we love the NFL, uh, but shortest season out of the remaining sports. Um, and it, I don't want to underestimate how difficult it is to win a Super Bowl, um, but uh, it, it's compared to the other, like I said, compared to the other leagues um, and being able to put a team together that's capable of winning that Super Bowl, um, it just easier than the other ones number three number three i I did not i forgot to edit my list but number three we have the nba finals um longer season uh but one of the two less physical sports um in in our countdown now i i believe at least the last i looked the nba um or at least basketball was the most dangerous sport as far as injuries but either way we're putting the nba finals as our number three Number two. Number two, we have the Stanley Cup uh, at 82 games in the regular season. And as one of the most, if not the most, physical sport out there, 
um, just the toll it takes on your body is difficult itself. And then forget about the, the talent level and the teams you got to beat along the way. And number one. Number one, we have the World Series. At the longest regular season out of all the American, uh, the major American sports, um, not only is it a long season, um, but baseball, unpredictable, never know what's going to happen. Um, and it just, it, it honestly makes for, makes for great playoffs. Um, anything could happen, and it doesn't matter if you're the best team that made it or the worst team that made it, you always have a chance. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that wraps up our, our top five debate for the uh, tonight um, and our show for tonight as well. Uh, as always, we thank you guys for, for checking us out. Um, head over to our social medias and, and check those out as well. Um, and don't forget, uh, Capital One Bowl Mania uh, starts Friday, so get your entries in before Friday. Uh, it's a free to enter, uh, and you can win up to $50. Um, so head over there and check it out. Uh, and, and get your entry in before Friday. Um, but as always, thank you guys so much for, for hanging with us for the last hour, hour and 15. Um, and we will be back Thursday with another episode for you guys. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Have a great night, guys. Great night, guys. Who's got internet that's never lagging? Whose groceries do their own bagging? Who's got hair worth extra bragging? With pants that aren't too sagging. They only put up with a little nagging. Who's hotter than a fire-breathing dragon? Jack Wagon.